0: very excited about this episode. Welcome, everyone, back to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome, a podcast where I, your host, Shane Toll, talk to other lead singers about what it's like to be the front man or front woman of a band. And I have a few favorite bands. And, you know, over the years, you know, you listen to new music and and, you know, your rankings, I guess, change. But for me... There's been one band that's always been in my top five, my top three, and that is Lagwagon. And what a band, so many great songs, so many great records, a band that I will always go see whenever they're in my hometown, and a person in their lead singer, Joey Cape, that I respect so much, not just for his work with Lagwagon as the singer, as the songwriter, but also so many of his other projects as well, and I am so happy that I was able to get him to do this. I've been, you know, I don't think, I wouldn't say I've been trying to get him for 113 episodes or whatever it's been, but I'd say when I started this thing, he was right there at the top of the list of somebody that I really wanted to speak to. So thank you so much to Vanessa from Frat Records, getting him, hooking him up, get him on the show, and thanks for Joey for the conversation. And uh, this was a really fun one. So thank you so much everybody for tuning in uh before we get to that again thank you for being here we have done so many of these episodes the podcast is is continuing to grow and thank you for spreading the word thank you for telling your friends and and i think you know word of mouth is really what makes this thing grow so if you like this episode if you like the other episodes whatever it is tell your friends tell your loved ones brothers sisters aunts and uncles tell them all and uh I think that that's the key here, and I know some people are going to tune in because this is, you know, from a scene, you know, the 90s skate punk scene, whatever you want to call it, I know a lot of people are tuning in just for this one, so please go back and check out some of our other punk rock episodes that we have, like, I have Fat Mike from No Effects, which is a great episode, I had Thomas from Strike Anywhere, Uh, I had Scott from Unwritten Law... The list goes on and on. So there's tons of back episodes, so check them all out. If you want to get in touch with me, it is very easy. You can email me, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com, and I read all my emails. Sometimes I, I'm i not great at getting back to them, but I do read all of them. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Uh, we have a bit of a revamped Facebook page. So if you don't already like us on Facebook, go check that out. And We're doing a lot more on there. Uh, and also... If maybe you're not so happy with my job here interviewing Mr. Joey Cape, maybe I'm maybe I'm sucking. Maybe you want to let me know. Feel free to call the hate line. 1-657-666-HATE. That's 1-657-666-HATE. Leave a message for me. Give me the hate. I love the hate. And uh, yes, get in touch. I do check out all of this stuff. Also, before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about the best place online to pick up band merchandise. And I know you have places like Hot Topic uh and, you know, they have, you know, pretty much the same thing at every store across the country. Um and you got places like Amazon and eBay, which you got to watch out for because those two websites, you don't always know what you're getting. There's a lot of bootleg stuff, counterfeit stuff on there. I had a fan pick me up a Black Flag shirt which was really nice, a great gesture. And my birthday is coming up actually, uh, in geez, a week. Wow. So if anyone wants to buy me anything, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know how you can do that. But they bought me a black flag shirt and it was awesome. And I still wear it, even though after I washed it, it shrunk up to my belly button and the print was basically washed off the shirt and it was, you know, not straightened on the shirt. And that happens when you pick up stuff on Amazon sometimes. So here's where you should go to buy band merchandise. It's called rockabilia.com It's rock uh dot They are the best place online. They have over 500,000 unique items. So yes, Hot Topic, they have licensed stuff but you know, you're going to be walking around town with the same thing that everybody has and Of course, 500,000 items, they can't put that in their store. Rockabilia is the best place. So go check it out. And also remember that all the stuff is officially licensed from all the bands. So when you're supporting Rockabilia and buying a shirt or a hoodie or whatever merchandise on there, that money is going directly back into the hands of the band. So you can feel really good about it. But the best of all, I have a promo code I'm going to give you that will give you 15% off your entire order use promo code PCLSS when you check out. Throw it in there. You'll save 15% off your entire order today. So check it out, rockabilia.com. And again, the promo code is PCLSS. If you live in the United States of America, well, congratulations. Uh, I'm on tour right now. My band Silverstein, we're on tour with Tonight Alive on a little co-headline bill. Right now I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. It's a Beautiful night out here We're headed to Texas, Florida, the whole east coast Some dates in the midwest So make sure you check that out and come say hi And the tickets for that Can be found at Thegetfreetour.com So yeah, come on, hang out, say hi Again, thegetfreetour.com Well anyways, let's jump in To a conversation with one of my favorite Frontmen of all time Mr. Joey Cape of Lagwagon by
1: far now, I didn't mean to let you down, I didn't mean to drive you away. By far now, now that you're not around, so many things i like to
2: say. Hello? Hey. Hey man, how are you? I'm okay. You know, I'm <laughs> in the studio, working.
1: Just working in the uh, studio.
0: that sounds like the Joey Cape uh I'm recording by the way uh (laughs) just so you know so going to talk for 15 minutes and you're like oh so when are we gonna start the interview
2: (laughs) (laughs) no no, that's fine with me
0: uh no dude um Joey Cape Mr. Studio Man all the time it seems like you're just always recording
2: I try I try to keep working you know I mean I I think it's sort of you know key you have to try to stay creative and keep doing things or else get complacent and not do anything. And I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know why would, <laughs> what else would I be doing? I, I don't guess. smoke weed. You know, I can't sit on a couch all day and smoke a bong.
0: Well, you can just smoke weed while you're recording if you want to. <laughs> works for yeah. some people.
2: True. That's true.
0: <laughs> so what's the, what's the project right now? If you can spill the beans on it,
2: uh, I'm working on a solo record. Um, it's sort of like just I'm working with a friend of mine who's producing and, um, and it's just we're periodically getting together when I'm not on tour or not doing other things and he's not busy. And so it's it's kind of a long term, you know, project. I think uh, it could be a long time before it's done. Right, right, like right. We make the we're making the joke like 2022 every day because it's just, you know. Yeah, but it's it's really fun and it's 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 going great. I'm really excited about it. So yeah, well, I mean, you've worked cool. on
0: you've worked on so many different recording projects over the years. I mean, you know, typically how somebody makes a record, you know, a band goes in a studio they make a record. They kind of work on it every day, um, you know, for a couple of weeks or whatever it is. Um, but you seem to like to do it well, not that way at all. Either you like to do a record in like one week, or you like to spread it out over like. A long period of time but when you, yeah. when you when you record like you're recording now where it's like okay I'm going to do this I'm going to step away from it does it make it harder to make decisions because you come back to something and you don't know how you feel about it you're not in the moment like you are you know no, you actually
2: a- I think it serves the opposite purpose you 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 know you get away from it because you go and do other things so you kind of clear your head of it and then you right. come back and all of those things when, when you're looking at something under a microscope you get lost and you lose the big picture, you yeah, know? Sure. So when you go away and you come back to it, there's this really great thing that happens for me over and over again, which is like, oh, I understand this now. Right. I see what we need to do. And then you do it. Cool. And, um And uh, so I find that it's like, yeah, it really is. serves a great purpose to do things, you know, in spurts. And it gives you rough drafts, you know? and. I think that if anything is a downside, it's just that you find yourself changing a lot of things. I'll often, you know, once I've heard a song a few times outside of the studio, I can hear it better for some reason. In the studio, I can't. But I get outside and I'm listening to it while I'm doing something at home, you know, singing along to it. And I think, this is the wrong key. This is too fast. No matter how careful you are, those things happen. And then sure. you go back. And the greatest thing about it is, you you know you punched your way through a track because you're just having a hard time playing it, and then you listen to it for a while and you go back and do it in one take and it's way better. Yeah, totally. But that's the like same, I love that.
0: But that's the same as as you know when you're on tour. That's how things happen too.
2: Yeah, you know. What I mean? Yeah, remember it's- that thing where you wish that you could every record was like your first record because <laughs> your first record as a band you get to play the record for years or a year before you record it. And then, you know, you do production in the studio, so things change or whatever, but it's a well-oiled machine when you go in. Then you get to, like, your third record, and everything's new. Yeah. And there's always these regrets that come with it because you got a month or two or or a week or whatever it is that your budget is to make your record. So, you know, there's you long for those days where I remember we played the first Lagwagon album. We played that for years before we recorded it. So we did the whole thing live in three days. That's something I can never do now. Ever with a band. It blows my mind. It sounds like that. It sounds like crap. When I hear it, I go, Yeah, it sounds like a band that did it live in three days and didn't own guitar tuners, you know? But you know, it has a thing.
0: Yeah, no, I I still actually like duh. I was duh was always my well, what I said was my favorite record. I think it really was trashed, but I wanted to say I was, you know, edgy and be and pick your first record but i do like the record a lot in my you talk about three days and and the things that get past that you don't notice like i think it's at the end of um is it mr coffee where it's like and the bass the last bass note is completely the wrong note
1: oh yeah it's just it's not
0: even like out of tune it's just nope
2: the wrong note and it's just left I'm certain that that happened, and we all laughed and went, "No, leave it," because okay. it's such a ridiculous ending. Yeah, yeah, that that is something that was almost definitely intentional, <laughs> okay. by accident probably. Yeah, but who knows, man? No, don't anyway, no, so what's this whole lead singer syndrome thing about? It? Is that a topic or is it? Uh, just you're interviewing singers or yeah. talking, chat, chatting with singers. I that's say, yeah, that's what I do.
0: I, I talk to you know, I talk to other lead singers about what it's like and how difficult their lives are. You know, rolling mm-hmm. into Shakudami and uh, do you remember that when we were in Shakudami together and we got <laughs> had a lot of the sauce and I always have a I good think time. We joined man. a lag wagon cover band on stage at one point. Do you know what it's I good mean? To me.
2: love it's that place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so great. Uh, no, oh, but yeah. I, th-
0: I mean the podcast is just you know I've had so many conversations with with people over the years and and you know just just lead singer to lead singer in a dressing room and it's like this is shit that never gets out you know nobody talks about this <laughs> stuff in interviews like and when you have a bit longer to talk you know you have you know more than just the standard fifteen twenty minute interview that's when you yeah. dig deep and you get actually something interesting about it you know you know not just the same thing well, here in every was-
2: fucking interview. I, I, you know, I agreed to do this thing and I heard it was you and I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, let's do it. And then I, I, I texted uh, Vanessa, you know, uh, who set it up. I texted her and said, oh, what's this one about? And she said, it's called lead singer syndrome. And I went, "Uh oh, <laughs> 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 and I, my, I had some thoughts for you. OK, I'm ready. Um, I'm ready. Well, I'll tell you something. I think it's a kind of it's kind of like that. The drummer needs the girlfriend to pay his rent because right. he's oh, a loser. Totally. You know, I feel like there's a lot of uh, that's that's a kind of thing. It's kind of bullshit, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. It's bullshit on both sides: Empath- empathy and um, criticism, and and I'll tell you why. And I think I know because I've done it long enough. <laughs> most lead singers, on one hand, most lead singers are the songwriters in the band. And yep. there's there's a position where if you're the songwriter in the band and on stage you're the guy with the mic, so you're the spokesperson, a dynamic automatically is, uh, automatically is created, you know, uh, within the band and also the perception of the band. It's like after years and years it becomes like, yeah, oh yeah, you know, Bad Religion with Greg Graffin. You know what I mean? Um, sure. Sure. And, and, and or, uh, you know, a million other cases, you know, and then the singer eventually might do some solo stuff if he's a creative type and writes songs. So there gets to be this sort of dynamic that is mostly perceived by an audience, but then somehow can affect, infect the band as well. Right. And I think I've done a pretty good job of keeping my band a gang and a loyal place for members that have equal say regardless of the fact that I'll work two years on the songs before we record them. (laughs) And, you know, they're complaining about a month of work, but I, I, you know, I think, I think
0: it's, let me stop you for a second. That's like comments like that, right. That, that people go, Oh, look at this guy's, you know, but, but continue. This is great.
2: But I think the other side of the coin is the guys that maybe the guitar player writes songs in the band and they're like the sunset strip metal guys and they're like the dudes that just wanted to be singers because they they have massive egos and they love to be in front of people. And that's where that kind of started is the Sunset Strip Hollywood kind of like. Oh, totally. And those dudes, is was like me a bad name. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Because, I'm, you know, that's not why I'm doing this. I never not. wanted to be a singer. You know, I had a lead singer guy. I had the syndrome guy. When I was in the band that before Lagwagon, that I left Lagwagon left to join Lagwagon, when I was in that band, we had a lead singer. And our lead singer was a dick. He was the (laughs) kind of guy who would show up, he'd show up in the studio when we were demoing without a shirt on and two girls (laughs) and a bottle of Jack Daniels. Like he was that guy. Yeah. And he'd come in and he couldn't sing for shit. He didn't write any songs. I was writing the songs. And he kept doing that. And then finally one day we got in an argument because we're spending all our hard-earned money on our demo tape. And we got in an argument with this guy. And he was like, I fucking quit, man. Good luck without me. So we ended up, we tried the drummer singing, then we tried the bass player singing. And then I went out in front of the mic and sang the songs I wrote. And I sounded like a shitty James Hetfield. And <laughs> that was it. The rest was history. You know, I became like this uh, guy that had to sing for a band. And I never wanted to. I wanted to write songs. I would rather write songs for Nashville country recording artists than be on stage. I'm not a guy who enjoys it, I just learned how to do it. Right. Well, that's, so
0: that's the thing. Man. I'm
2: always offended by the idea, the notion, you know what I mean? Like I just, that's, it's just my job and I'm unfortunately the guy with the mic.
0: No, it's, it's, and that's, you wouldn't believe how many people have the same story. You know, I've talked yeah. to, I've talked to both people like you and you know, the shirt, the shirtless guy. I've talked to both kind of, kind of types of people, but I would say a vast majority of them are just like that. Didn't want to, didn't want to sing, but I was the only one in the room that could sort of carry a tune.
1: Right and, exactly. and that was
0: what it was like for me, too. I was a guitar player first, and in some ways, I still feel like I'm a guitar player, even though I've been in this band for you know nearly twenty years uh not even playing guitar mm-hmm. on stage i still I'm still think of myself as a guitar player. I still have like fifteen guitars in my house, and all you know it, it's it really is funny and I think the title of the podcast is meant to be tongue in cheek yeah know? totally um but it is like once in a while I'll get a guy on the show that's and and you know the best part is like you know the shirtless guy that that those kinds of people
2: <laughs> I love it they they,
0: <laughs> they don't usually worse? know that they're that guy when they're that no. guy no nah. like, oh no I'm a songwriter I wrote like a verse once you know uh, yeah, meanwhile oh, I, they don't I realize it. that someone else spent real well, you know the it's, whole other time doing all this other stuff you know
2: and by the way to all you guitar players out there when you write a riff. You're not a songwriter. (laughs) So just stop doing that. Stop showing up and going, yeah, I wrote that one. I wrote that one on the record. It's like, okay, dude, you had a little lick. And then we created a song out of it so
0: you're right you're right and and, um (laughs) that's that's a bit of a
2: lead singer syndrome statement to say Uh, it it totally is but but it's 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 i would call it a songwriter syndrome i mean i'm a songwriter and i believe that the reason that i sing is because i can't afford to hire a better singer that is literally (laughs) why i sing half the projects i do i i fantasize about God, wouldn't it be amazing if I could get Sarah McLaughlin to come in here and sing this song right now? I love my song I wrote. I'm really proud of it, like a baby. But I don't want to ruin it. But here I go again. You know. You know. I mean, that's that's it for me. It's that I have maybe a slightly different perspective. But you know, you it's a heavy weight to carry, and I I don't mean this for any kind of sympathy because I expect none. I'm very fortunate. But you become a person as a songwriter and a singer of a band where the band is identified with the voice of that band. Sure. You have dependence. I have a child. I know that it's a little bit like having children. You have dudes that depend on you. Like, we have to go on tour. It's not that easy for them to replace me because it doesn't sound like the same band anymore. (laughs) If Greg Graffin was replaced in Bad Religion, I use them as an example because... There is a band that would absolutely not be the same band, and that's not my fault. No, it's,
0: you it's, know what it's what not mean? your fault at all. It's all you know, it's But funny. I don't
2: always want to go on tour, and I don't always want to make punk records. Sometimes I want to make other kinds of records.
0: Right. So well, it, it, I, it can be a little bit tough. Of course, but of course the other members of your band are free to do other projects and other things in their lives, too. They're that's a slave to you. Right.
2: Exactly, man. So That's it. You just nailed it.
0: You know what's funny? I actually, you bring up the riff thing, back to the the riff thing. I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about, you know, songs that sound like other songs and like, you know, lawsuits and and stuff like that. And there's, you know, there's a handful of like ones everyone knows about, like the Tom Petty, Sam Smith one, or, um, you know, things like that. Uh, But uh, he actually said in the podcast that you can't copyright a guitar riff. There's no actual way to do that, so you could basically take the stairway to heaven intro riff and use it in your song, and nobody could could there could be no legal ramifications for that.
2: I think that's actually not true. I'll tell you why, because at least back in the early days, there were many lawsuits based on the succession of notes, um, and I, the, the most famous one is David Bowie uh, right. is the right. Vanilla Ice. David Bowie Queen song "Under Pressure" sure. and that was just about and he was like in court saying, "Hey man, mine goes da 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 da." It had like one extra note, and he was debating whether he would had sampled and not given a royalty. So well, but I that's- think that's actually not true, but I'm not sure if it, if if it's specific to a guitar. But I know that you cannot take a succession of notes beyond a certain amount without right. at least no, warning no, totally. the possibility of a lawsuit because, because it happens and those people win Sam. I mean, Sam cook lost, but he didn't fight it. Sam cook is a good guy. He actually said to Tom Petty, I'm really sorry. I love that yeah, yeah, song yeah. and respect you. I kind of blew it. I made a mistake. Like it was, it, cause don't you, you, you must know this. I've written songs. Sure. Like it's a happy accident. And an unhappy ab- accident. Like, I there's a song on the uh, Lagwagon <laughs> album "Resolve," and I won't say which one it is. So, if one of somebody wants to go listen to it and do the test, but it is "Paulie" oh, okay. by Nirvana. The melody and the guitar riff is really like. And I totally accidentally did that. And when the record was done and we were mixing it, some friend of mine heard something and went, "You know, na na, na na na, na na na." And I went and looked at me and went, yeah, Polly, And I just went, oh, no, because I kind of pride myself on not being directly derivative. No,
0: but so you, you do it without realizing it. You know, like there's that old story about about Paul McCartney writing yesterday and, yeah. and thinking it was another song for years. Before. That
2: story. I love that story. Yeah,
0: I know. I know. It's, God, it's... isn't
2: that the Martin's like? No, nah, I think we're good.
0: <laughs>
2: I love that. <laughs> I mean, that fucking song is so amazing and so original. And he was worried. Yeah, that's that. That makes me feel good.
0: It, no, it is. It is crazy. No, but that's that's what they said about the riff. And isn't the Vanilla Ice thing? Isn't that like actually like sampled from the record though? Like they didn't re-record that. It sounds.
2: I think he re-recorded oh, it, really? and I, I think the debate was, well listen i'm not certain but i feel like that was what the case was about was about well mine has an extra note. you know i mean it is in the era when sampling was just all the rage you know uh, uh, coming out of all the hip-hop sampling when it went mm-hmm. all there's some good documentaries about this sort of thing but uh I, I as i recall it sure sounds a lot like it doesn't it yeah <laughs> it
0: sure does and when i when i heard that for yeah. the first time i was a kid i never heard a queen or or bowie or anything but um you yeah know, so a lot I lot heard, heard about that it way one later. first yeah. yeah yeah um but but um you know it's funny you talk about the legal stuff it's something we never talk about on the show but you know you guys always used like movie clips like I'm, i doubt you ever got any clearance for that like was there any there was never no. any blowback on any stuff like that or or what about when you did um Smashing Through the Boundaries, Linusius Found Me, uh, Got to Raise a Family, you know, like, just, sure. a, just a Metallica, like, lift, like, was there any kind totally. of concern, or were you just like, ah, fuck it, what are they, no, they going to do?
2: I, I always felt like if somebody, like, well, I don't know about that drummer, you know, because he's, he's a little touchy, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. my feeling all with something like that is that it was homage, you know, that it sure, was a tribute, sure. like, that, that somebody might hear it and realize that I'm writing a song about, like, I'm fucking, you know, like it, the joke is, Of course. I'm going to fucking go for it. I'm going to have a family <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as opposed to like what really going for it is, is the, you know, fucking kicking ass, you know, or whatever yeah, we're yes. doing, take it, not, you know, taking names or whatever the phrases are. Um, you know, so that to me was just funny tongue in cheek. And I figured if I was the guy in the band and heard that, I'd go, that's awesome. Like, that's a funny little bit there and it's an it's clearly a tribute i mean i love that band (laughs) but uh yeah so i I, there was that you know but um the other side of it is is um the samples and the you know the other part of the question is yeah that was really us just being young and naive you know we 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 stopped doing that at some point because we realized oh we're actually getting kind of popular (laughs) Some, some of you might actually hear these aren't demo tapes anymore you know yeah of course and I mean I gotta tell you something, man, just to, to exemplify and support that. The very first album by Lagwagon Duh, the original release of that for many years, I mean at least twenty years, had my parents' address on the back of the album or inside the sure, album. Of course. As the contact. What? And so there was a period of time before my parents moved where like you know every few months, uh, like a couple of German kids would show up. At
1: <laughs> of course they would.
2: Just <laughs> Joey Cape <did> it.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Well, that that happens to my parents sometimes. And my my dad for years, my like my when our band was started, my parents ran our merch store when I was on tour. So um, wow, that's cool. So kids would kids would come to the house sometimes, and my dad would like give them free merch. And I think that awesome. the Word word went around. Uh, and then kids were like, Hey, if you go to Shane's house, you get a free t-shirt. So then more wow, of kids came great. and, uh, yeah. So if anyone listens to this, don't go to my house, please don't go to my yeah, house. Yeah. Please um, do not. My parents don't do the merch anymore. So, but, <laughs> but no, it's funny. And I was, I think I was talking to, um, Justin from anti-flag about that, the old, you know, like put your phone number, uh, your home phone number, parents' phone number in the, in the demo, and someone would call the book a show and ask for, you know, yeah. ask for Joey. Like those days were so, so funny.
2: I know I did all those things. Yeah. And you know, the funny thing is my mom's really great. You know, she, I remember she would call me, Oh, some, some more, you know, Europeans came by cause there's always a <laughs> Europeans, but, uh, and then, uh, and then she, she would, I think it made her kind of like, Proud, and she would sort of right you know there's it, two things that happen one is that they see that you're getting some kind of thing and then they finally drop the i wish you'd gone to school you know um but uh, the other part is the first year that you know if you're fortunate enough i had like one or two really really good years where i made more money than they did and <laughs> those 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 i remember the first time that happened you know kind of saying hey guess what i made this year so no more talk about me being a doctor.
0: <laughs> no, that's funny. No, well, it's good to have supportive parents. Um, I think, you know, I think it's almost essential. It's pretty
2: cool. You know? It really is. Um, Otherwise, it's just rebellion, and it shouldn't be about that. No, it shouldn't be.
0: So, you know, it seems like you got such a passion for, for producing, writing songs, not that much of a passion for singing, which is interesting no. and probably su- surprising for some people to hear.
2: No, I hate
0: it. The one week no, records really thing it. and the the passion for recording is is awesome and you know trying to do a record with a guy in in one week is amazing. Yeah. What about the business side of that though? Is that a pain in the ass?
2: No, cuz I have two partners that handle most of that stuff and it's it's kind of a it's a what do you call it? A passion project. Yeah, totally. Not none of all three of us have other things we do and all three of us are just engaged in it from moments here and there me when i produce the records those guys when we have some administrative work to do it's all digital there's no manufacturing we don't use distro uh we do no pr it's a session like a bbc so when people do a record we don't owe them like a whole bunch of promotion it's really just like cost no money and it's sort of a pleasure to be a part of i love it because i get to do the creative stuff and and it's really fun but yeah, it's, um, it's not a pain in the ass at all. If anything, the only downside would be when somebody doesn't totally understand that it's not a real record label, you know? And so <laughs> even though you tell them over and over before they come in, like, we're doing this thing, we're going to put it out and then like, see you later. And you're welcome to do anything with the vinyl. You know, all I want is a copy that's in the contract. I like, <laughs> give you one copy of the record for my collection, you know, but it's just a digital thing, you know? And it's. It's meant. It, it, I, you know, why I do it is because I believe that, given the constraint, you know, uh, you make better um, decisions sometimes when you're just inspired and you go with the first choice, and so you don't have a lot of time to really think about things and. And I feel like there's a thing about uh, a performance when it's a singer songwriter, and and you can get them to do if they're good enough to do live stuff. You know, there's there's something that you get that's sort of magical. And yeah, I'm I'm a fan of music, so I, I that's what it's all about for me. It's just songwriters that I think people should hear, and on occasion, somebody someone's already heard, but. Yeah, there's. It's not a pain in the ass. It's 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 really just all a pleasure. I love it. Awesome.
0: Well, despite the you know it kind of being the same approach with every artist, it must be so different. You must have guys come in very prepared, have a whole bunch of songs, they're ready to go, they know their shit. Yeah. I know you told me like Chris, Chris from the Flatliners was like that. Uh, But then some people probably come in with like I don't know, man. Like here's a couple chords and a couple words. Chris.
2: Chris. Not to be contrary, but Chris was the guy. Yeah. Everybody, I do a ton of pre-production, and I learned from Chris because he was one of the first ones. Um, Chris is such a Type B, laid-back, wonderful guy. Like just you know, perfect for a guy like me because I'm Type A all the way. Like I'm gonna have a heart attack. That's how I'm going. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so I'm I'm all stressed, and Chris is a guy that's just a total, just the most pleasant person to hang out with not a mean bone in his body, just a sweetheart, you know, and he's always positive, I love him. But he, it's hard to get a guy like that on board with the idea that we're going to get all of our T's crossed and our I's dotted and have this thing ready to go, pre-production, you know? Demos, demos, demos. So when we come in, man, we're just rolling, and we're just looking for vibe and performance. That's the idea, right? Sure. Chris was the guy that we're two days out, and he's got, I've got like four tunes that are like iphone recordings which is what i want but there's no lyrics it's kind of like like and it's it's a fraction of an idea he and that's great for any kind of normal record especially because the creative part of like you know building the songs together in the studio is awesome but you need more than seven days for that <laughs> however totally. here's here's the irony and the, the, the incredible thing about this story is that Chris Creswell came in, and the very first day he said to me, hey, man, so, like, there's this barbecue on Wednesday, which is, like, three, <laughs> four days away, right? Four and a half days. There's an evening barbecue, and, you know, I thought we'd take a break. We'd get over. I thought we'd go to that. He didn't even say take a break. But I thought we'd just go to that. And he goes, oh, and then there's this gig I want to see Friday. And I'm like, okay, dude, here's the thing. No and no. Like, <laughs> we have so much work to do we're going to be doing this for 120 hours this week just get ready to drink a lot of coffee and not have a whole lot of fun because we didn't do enough homework and he's like all right just chill man everything's gonna be fine day four halfway through the day boom last vocal last chord and he just goes all right want to go to that barbecue and I was like, oh, you son of a bitch. You know what I mean? I was like, I was almost mad because I was like, this kid is so fucking talented. And just, you know, he makes his own rules. And it it's really amazing. But I have not recorded too many people like him. He's yeah. truly, truly incredible. And they started a band with him. Yeah, that's one of the reasons <laughs> that, you know. <laughs> sort of i mean we started band before but if there okay. was going to be anyone that could you know step into tony's shoes for a record it, it was chris and i think we all agree he's just such a great guy yeah and so. his songs are the best songs on that record
0: there you go
2: i mean yeah, you you know, he, he's amazing
0: did you hear he's filling in for hot water music now
2: oh yeah i just saw yeah. them actually oh, a couple weeks ago how, how was that yeah it was really good i mean woolard Obviously, Wallard is Wallard, and he's yeah. amazing. But if anybody was going to fill those shoes, same thing. I mean, he really uh, he brought in a, a thing to it that was his own, and he really covered the Wallard, the you know, the Chris Wallard bases. Like it was killer. They were so good. It might have been the best Hot Water Music show I'd ever seen. <laughs> they were <laughs> amazing. awesome, amazing. Yeah, it was really wild, man. Like sound guy was on point. Um, set was good. I mean, it was just killer. If you're in tech, you've been there before,
0: feeling the pain of hiring a freelancer or new employee for design or development only to find out months later that it's not a fit. And those types of mistakes aren't cheap. Instead, Mutual Mobile, a digital technology consultancy, uses the process it's developed over the past 10 years, delivering over 600 client projects to ensure your fast and beautiful mobile or web app is finished on time and within budget. If you have design or development needs, schedule a free 30-minute consultation at mutualmobile.link L-S-S to get started. That's M-U-T-U-A-L-M-O-B-I-L-E dot L-I-N-K slash L-S-S to get started with your free consultation today. I just got sent awesome new wireless earbuds from Raycon. I opened the box, opened up my phone, and literally in less than a minute, I was jamming out to my favorite tunes. What struck me right away was how well these fit, and then how amazing they sound. Definitely more bass than my other wireless headphones. But the biggest game changer is the price. The E25 earbuds they sent me start at half the price of other premium wireless earbuds on the market, have six hours of playtime, and really are super comfortable, whether it's music, conference calls, or binging this podcast. And there's no dangling wires or stems to distract other people if you're on a video call. The company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Mike Tyson, and Melissa Etheridge are just a few people obsessed with Raycons, Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to, not the other distractions from the room. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds, but before you drop hundreds of dollars on a pair, check out wireless earbuds from Raycon. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash L-S-S. That's B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash L-S-S for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash L-S-S. Do you feel like sometimes these bands that you've seen so many times, they just something, like they just get better with age? like they guys just figure it out or they take it more seriously because they do like, you know, they don't get to do as much. So everything they do, they care about more. I like, cause every time I see a band like that, that's, that's, you know, put out potwaters, probably put out close to 10 records, maybe more. Um, you know, I always, I'm always impressed.
2: Sure. Yeah. I think there's a thing where there it's, it, I, I, I could only speak for my own band. I feel like there are waves, you know, and, um, the one thing that happens is there's like a short wave, which is sort of, we're good. We're bad. We're good. We had a great tour. We had a bad tour. We had a, yeah. you know, like over the years. And then there's the long waves, and the long wave is usually one or two big waves. And, uh, and, and there's all the while that you're sort of becoming tired of it and it's getting a little bit boring or you know it gets it feels a little humdrum so you're losing some of the inspiration you're also gaining experience and technical expertise and uh comfort on stage so a lot of times bands that have been around a really long time they have this kind of chemistry that you can't manufacture and I feel like that is reflected in the records and the live show, more importantly. I don't know. My band, we had a show about, I, don't know, I guess it was last year, but we had this show in Madrid in Spain. Yeah. And it was, it was the weirdest thing. We didn't rehearse. We hadn't played together in a while. When We flew out there. And we played this show. And I had a whole bunch of friends at the show and I agreed with them after the show that it was the best show we ever played. And I don't even know what the fuck happened. Like I was just kind of like, it was flawless. We were so good that night. Um, and then the next night we played a festival in Barcelona and we were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what that's about, but there, there are times on tour now where You know, we've had phases recently, and I prefer, I really like our last record better than any of the records we made. So I can only see it, you know, from my own perspective, or from a fan's perspective of other bands. Um, What I usually see is uh, the songs seem to get less inspired over the years, or or less creative, and then the band, but the band... Is a better live band. It's true. But it's totally sometimes, true. sometimes both things happen. Sometimes yep. the songwriting gets better and the band gets better.
0: Well, that's the goal. That's the goal. No, I saw you guys play well, last year in, in Toronto. Uh, I actually went to the show by myself, which it was the first time I've ever done that. I just laughed yeah, minute.
1: Yeah, it's a weird, it, it weird was, feeling.
0: Huh? It was weird. I loved it though. I loved it because, you know, we, like I, I've loved your band for so many years. And it's like the kind of thing where I don't have to worry about where someone else wants to stand. I don't have to talk yeah. to anybody, but I, yeah. I can just focus on the show. And I had a blast. But one thing about your set, and I'm sure you remember the show, it was at, it was at Phoenix, I think, in Toronto. Um, mm-hmm. y- you played a lot of songs that I hadn't really heard you play, maybe ever or in a while. Yeah. Like, I was surprised, like a song like you played, like Rifle, you know, from the Haas record. One of uh, my favorite yeah. songs. You never, I've never heard you play that live before. So it's cool that yeah. you know you guys aren't phoning in your your set list and just saying okay, well we'll play these ones that everyone wants to hear and then you know a couple new ones and, and yeah. that's that.
2: There's that's that's the thing is is you have to you have to keep working you, you have to keep trying it or else it's going to be not good. People don't they don't know why, but I know why song has to be inspired, a set has to be inspired, and it's kind of the secret, you know? It's like, they can tell. Um, And why are you doing it if you're, I mean, the, the, the other big question is, why would you even bother doing any of this if it's about money? That's bad. So, I don't know. Unfortunately, I think the guys that I'm in a band with feel the same way. And uh, you know I'm lucky there. I was going to say, you know, Rifle. It's interesting because that was a Derek signature song, our original drummer, Derek Ford. And when he left the band after that record and was struggling for a long time, we uh, that song when Dave joined the band, Dave, I think Dave really was the reason. He, he I think he felt like he was overstepping his bounds for a long time. You know, the boundary of respect. Like that's a that was just a Derek thing and there's probably the possibility that he wasn't really going to do it honor you know honor it properly cuz Derek was such a f- amazing yeah. drummer but now i mean dave dave is a great drummer too and, and oh, he's one of the there best. was a there was a point where he just started to play the the intro at a rehearsal and all of us were like oh dude come on like <laughs> <laughs> we got to do that song you know and it, you know it, it, i think that was one of those things like dave had to do it sooner or later just to kind of check the list you know totally so that's totally. why it took so long to get in the set
0: no no it's that's that's cool That's a cool story and i always wondered about that song and i think you know um that was i was obsessed with with Derek as you know as a fan of punk rock when i was a kid you know i thought he was the best drummer and uh obviously it's very sad what happened you know to him and it's been, yeah. what, it's been 12 More than twelve years now since he uh, took his own life. It's it's uh, it must be something you still. I mean, you must think about it every day. I mean,
2: yeah. Yeah, Anyway, he's a a real you know muse for me in death and he was in life. And um, I'm the guy I'm working with now. My friend Asher, uh, they were really close. And you know, we. I don't think a day goes by without like some sort of like you know. Mem- remembrance of, of uh, a Derek joke, mostly really offensive humor, but um, <laughs> stuff that we can do by ourselves in a room. Because you yeah, know he was an, a fantastic guy. I, I mean, I always miss him. You know, it was a big hole in my life. My wife, who I married, uh, dated him for a long time before she dated me. Oh, wow. and the and I had a gr- a girlfriend, and the four of us lived together. I mean, it's a real weird kind of thing in my life. He's a big 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 piece of uh, piece of the puzzle for sure but you know uh, it's easy to find the resolve that you were very fortunate to have known someone like that you know that's i i keep it in perspective you know we lose a lot of people in this yeah. world
0: well you're and and your in your friend tony sly uh, obviously that was a same thing a brutal, brutal same brutal, thing
1: so
2: yeah it happens man it happens too often in my life for my taste so of course you know it shouldn't happen at all but it does happen and um i don't know i i suppose when i quit music there's always a good counseling job for me because <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> i know that's a
1: dark joke but
0: it, it is a dark yeah well i mean it's it's yeah. not far from the truth i mean <laughs> Not at all. So I want to ask you about uh, this whole, you know, May 16th phenomena, uh, because now there's Lagwagon Day. People are celebrating every, every year. Uh, it's become yeah, this whole thing. Funny. It is funny. And it's, and it's sort of strange. And I really wonder if when you, you know, when you guys wrote that song, whether when you wrote it or when the band kind of put it together, it was recorded, if you kind of knew it would become, you know, your most popular song.
2: I had no idea. I never do. Um, I think that some of my favorite songs that the band's done are songs that no one seems to care about. Like which ones? uh, Which ones? I'm a nerd, so... Oh, I like the song I Must Be Hateful. I did an acoustic version of it and it does really well in my acoustic set, but it's a song we never play live because yeah. it always kinda of went over poorly. But I really love that one. I felt like that was a, a I, I may not have really come out quite right with the band, but happens, there's another man. song called Billionaire that's on um, The Blaze record. I really like that song, but you know, doesn't really connect with people. They wanna hear the simple stuff, you know, and they wanna hear the straightforward really and That's okay with me. I mean, I don't really care. I don't, I don't, I I learned a long time ago not to be disappointed by what people respond to in your music. It shouldn't matter anyway. You just got to keep going and do what you want to do. And, and you you know, it's for, it's just a nice bonus if people like something you do. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting with May 16th. Um, that's one of those songs I will confess that, uh, was one of the very few times where uh, there is an original song that has a really similar melody. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's more of a drag than the fact that there's a May 16th Lagwagon Day.
1: I don't mind that at all. Sure.
2: I don't mind that at all because that's a nice day to trend, you know? I mean, it's like, if anything... It's lucky us. I mean, if people are talking about our band on one day a year, yeah, you know, even if it's token, I'm I can't complain about that. I we started uh one week records on May 16th, <laughs> right. and and the funny thing about that is it's biannual royalties, so November 16th is the other royalty day, which is my birthday,
0: yeah. I actually noticed that that's your half birthday. We have a the bass player in my band, Billy. His birthday is my half birthday, so we always celebrate each other's half half birthdays on on our actual birthdays. So. What
2: does that mean, half birthday?
0: Well, like yeah, like halfway to your next birthday, like six months,
1: you
2: know. Oh, the half birthday, yeah. of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so May sixteenth is my half birthday. That's right. Yeah, there's there's some cool. Yeah, that's cool. I never thought of that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it is it's kind of funny, you know, like the way that. Uh, you know, we can, I can put something out on May 16th every year and I try, I don't succeed every year, but, um, you know, it's easier to get people's attention.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: It's really I mean, hard it's, to it's, do it's, these days. it's
0: cool. Imagine, imagine you called the song like another Saturday or something like, you know, forever changed.
2: Mm-hmm. Whoops. But that I, wonder, I know you're
0: friends with the people that got married, you know, the whole story about how you wrote it about yeah. a wedding you were invited to. Um, well, that's their wedding anniversary, too, so I wonder if they check their Instagram and they go, Lagwagon Day, come on. <laughs> it's it's our anniversary.
2: I don't know. I'll have to ask my friend about that because we're close. You know, We've really? come really close again. Um, you know, it's the funny thing about that song. I've spoken a, a few times, probably drunk about what the song was about, and that's one of those things that was maybe a mistake. Oh, really? Okay. set the record. Him and, I, him and I have never spoken about it. Someday he's going to look at me and just like go, yeah, dude. What's up, May 16th? Like someday he's going to (laughs) call me out on it. Um, And, you know, I'm not budging. It was a fucked up situation. And Mm -hmm. my feelings were very hurt. I mean, I wrote the song in like 10 minutes. Probably why there's a derivative vocal line in it. But, yeah, it, uh, it is what it is. But the good news is it's all patched up and good.
0: That's good. That's good. Yeah. So um, have you guys ever done a cruise before? I see you're doing this vlogging cruise.
2: No, I've been on a cruise before. I went with my my family, my parents when I was younger, and it was not for me.
1: Oh, oh, great. This is going to be really uh, bad then.
2: Yeah, I'm not excited about that at all. That was one of those things we've been offered quite a few, and we kept saying, I don't know. God, a cruise ship with a bunch of drunk punks? Like, I mean... How dangerous does that sound? I don't want to see anybody fall off the side of a rail. Like, yeah, dude. Uh, you know, I. I, I but uh, I guess that they they sort of have a... I'll probably just get some internet and catch up on some work and get drunk a couple times. And I have some good friends that are coming. You know, they are friends that are in the other bands. I, I suspect that it's actually going to be fun. I'm trying to keep... Low expectations so that I'm pleasantly surprised.
0: I think it's going to be pretty fun. I, I've never, we've never done a cruise either. I know there's, they did. Are they doing two one? Cruise. No, 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 we're not doing, we're not doing one right now. I would, I would actually mm. like to do one. Um, I mean, yes, the yeah. idea of being trapped on a boat is can be a little scary, I guess, but I think it would just be fun, just the atmosphere and I've heard I've heard it's a good it's vibe be because fun. it's like yeah. nobody can kind of leave no like you're all kind of in this together, whether you're a you're yeah. in a band or whether you're just attending it. So I, I think it could be a pretty a pretty cool vibe.
2: Yeah, I think it'll end up being a blast. I'm just you know, it's just a weird thing to get your head around, you know. But then on the other hand, how cool is that to put that on your list of uh, of accomplishments? Like <laughs> absolutely yeah, i play i played a cruise ship you know next stop is the residency in vegas with me first in the <laughs> game that's, that's on my my long list you know
0: why not man why not it would, it would, i think it would work totally it, maybe not you know maybe not the bellagio or anything but like there's probably no, somewhere, no, pretty, no, no. Sep- somewhere pretty cool to do oh, no.
2: yeah it's going to be a beer can alley you know <laughs> but uh, but it, it's but it's a possibility
0: absolutely man so uh, I don't want to take too much more of your time but um, what else is going on in your world whether it's Lagwagon or your solo stuff or other projects
2: just the same stuff I'm doing this solo album right now which will take forever and I'm I produce a one week record with a Spanish guy named Danny Amis in a couple weeks uh, I've got a tour uh, before that I've got like four shows in California solo shows a one week records tour with Zach Quinn from Pairs and Brian Wallstrom and from GOMO and this guy, Donald Spence from, uh, versus the world. We're doing San Diego, Orange County, um, Santa Barbara and San Francisco. It's just like a short little thing. And then, uh, then I'm coming back and doing more of this. And there's a whole bunch of flag wagon stuff like festivals in Europe and, and um uh, yeah it's and there's some gimmies like south america it's basically my life just never changes it's just kind of like this crazy bipolar or multiple personality sort of existence and i'm lucky i i, I have the choice to do those things still i'm accounting my blessings so sure. to speak you know? that's
0: awesome now it's great to see you doing so much stuff and you know uh all the best with all those projects man Thanks, man. I got one last question, and i I want to ask you about the lag wagon note. and And I don't know if I say that if you know what I mean, but you, you don't know at all what I mean. Okay, I don't. Our most popular song is is called "My Heroine," and it's it's a very standard song. It's E minor, and the chords are like E minor, C, D, and G. You know. But in it's the such bridge a great chord progression. <laughs> isn't it so good? Not not <laughs> yeah, in that order. Is. Not in that order. But uh but in the bridge, yeah. in the bridge I go to uh, a B major, you know, which has like an E flat in it, so it gives it that that sound.
2: I love it. And when yeah, and when
0: when um when I was recording it, our producer, Cameron Webb, who actually just did the new no effects record and everything.
2: Yeah, Cameron. Uh yeah, I met him. nice guy. Yeah,
0: great guy, great guy. He says to me, he goes, I don't know if this is this is the right, this is just weird. It's weird. I go. What do you mean? He goes. He goes. It sounds like uh, like like lag wagon or something. And I go. I know. Ah. That's why I like it. It sounds like lag wagon. And and I, I just you know you have so many songs that go to that sort of. I guess it's a. I mean, I don't know how musical we want to get here, but you know, it's like a major. Uh, you know, third chord.
2: Yeah, and um, it can be a seven chord so that it yeah. leads to C. Basically, uh, the way it is for me is a T e minor, which is G major, and I do uh, if it's a G major song or E minor song in that mode. Uh, The the B is the Beatles chord, you know, it's kind of (laughs) E minor, C, G, D, and then on occasion the the B7, which is a leading chord and sounds really magical and I can't get past it. It's in a, a million songs of mine because my brain just wants to hear it over and over again. I never get tired of it i no. just never tire, but you can get creative within that. Sounds like you guys did, you know? Yeah. And, uh, it, I don't know. There are all times that I'm playing with, uh, the piano player, Brian Walls from I play with a lot who gets together a lot with me on arrangements, and I'll do one of those things that I, I call them the Joey things because yeah. I have no better word for it. You know, it's just, it doesn't mean that I invented it or I have anything to do with that, but you, everybody's kind of got their things, you know? And I used to sort of try to, like, calculate, get away from them. But at some point, I realized, no, that's a part of your style. Like, everybody's got a style. You have to embrace it. So now I totally embrace it. But Brian, every once in a while, I'll go, you know, instead of doing that Joey thing that you've done <laughs> on, like, 400 other songs, you could do this because he's a piano player, and it's the greatest thing. Sure. Like, he had a huge effect on like, songs on Hang. And uh, my last solo thing, and because I, I work with them a lot on things, um, and that's a cool thing too. Um, but yeah, I'm. I'm you know, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, the it, it, cord, it's yes, funny. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 there's definitely stamps, you know that. But that comes down to this, you know, if you ask me, that's a perspective issue, not uh, an issue of a songwriter, because everybody has a different perception on who it was who kind of made that a thing. And that has to do with your experience in life. For me, it's the Beatles. But yeah, for maybe some other people, like Cameron, I guess it's maybe me, you know? Right. Uh, I don't know. Lucky well, me.
0: I'm a huge Definitely Beatles. Definitely
2: wasn't me though.
0: <laughs> I'm a huge Beatles fan too though, and, and I know yeah. what you're talking about, but it's not it's not, not in quite the same context that it's used. No,
2: there's would be like the F Sharp before the G, yeah. the F Sharp seven or something. That's yeah. that's more of their bag. Yeah, but I mean it's Noah a FX, similar You know, yeah. Fat
0: Mike does it a lot too. And I think there's probably yeah. a bit of back and forth with you guys being friends and some influence there too. That's that's kinda yeah. but but then it it took, you know, it took punk rock in that sort of direction. And there was a lot of bands that that started doing it, you know, uh, because of you guys. So it's just I don't know. It's just that's a, a cool, interesting thing. That's
2: really nice to hear. Thank you. That's really cool to hear. Yeah, I never think about those things, you know, because again, you know, perspective and age and you know where you're from in the world and all these things have to have. There's so much. There's so many variables, but that's nice to hear.
0: <laughs> well, no problem. Man. Well, thank you I'll for it. thank you for taking the time, man, and uh,
2: appreciate you doing this. No, it was a pleasure. I really dug it. I'm glad it wasn't uh, what I thought it might be.
0: Like you how many I mean? chicks? How many chicks did you slam uh, on the or trash like tour? you
2: poor soul? You know, oh god, everybody, did, you know, like let's commiserate on how hard it is to be an artist. You know, like I don't know, but or or, or just the that other yeah, like the, exactly. Like, do you are you wearing a shirt right now or not? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: that's very funny, man. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah oh. that's great. No, this is really fun. I, I enjoyed it. Thank Thanks, you.
0: man. Well, hey, we'll do it again sometime, maybe. We need sure. Another project to plug.
2: Okay, brother. All the best, See you. Yeah, man. Take yeah, care. you too. Thanks a lot. Take care.
0: So there it is with Joey. Great conversation. Guy made me laugh, and we talked about a lot of very cool things. So thanks for tuning in. Again, feel free to go back. We got like 112 or something episodes uh, to check out. Um, And I'm pretty proud of all of them, actually, and some of them are very cool. So go back, let me know what you think. Again, you can email me, syndrome at gmail.com, or hit me up on all the social media stuff. We are pretty much on all of them. And I did bring up that it is going to be my birthday on February 13th. Um, I'm going to turn 37 years old. That's right, 37 in a row uh, birthdays. And I am feeling pretty old. But I'm also feeling very good about things in my life right now. Um, I know a lot of people ask about buying me things. I had so many great gifts given to me for Christmas. I do have an Amazon wish list if you want to check it out. Of course, no pressure. Uh, It is syndrome.com slash wishlist, and I have a bunch of items on there. Some of them are related to this podcast, you know, picking up equipment to try to make these things sound better, new microphones and such. Some of them are things, you know, I use around the house, clothing I wear on stage, all different kinds of stuff. So feel free, if you want to throw me a bone, Syndrome.com slash wishlist. Also, if you want to support the show, check out the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club, that is the best way to support the show. For only $6 a month, you get bonus episodes, Q&A sessions with me, merch shipped to your house every three months, and you become a part of a great community. Shout out to all my singers worldwide. So many of them. Every Every day, I meet these people that I interact with online, and it's cool to meet them face-to-face and hang out. So please check it out. Again, that link is com slash access. So as you know, if you've listened to this before, I always play music at the end of the show. And this is a tough one for me because there's so many great Lagwagon songs. But I think I'm going to go with the song we talked about a lot in this podcast and a song that is, you know, it's the most popular Lagwagon song, so maybe you haven't heard Lagwagon much. This is a good place to start. Here is May 16th by Lagwagon on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love, and we'll see you next week.